Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. Today I will speak about the federal budget and Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, TTIP. But first, a very brief Mother's Day history. Origin of Mother's Day goes back to the era of ancient Greek and Romans. But the roots of Mother's Day history can also be traced in UK where Mothering Sunday was celebrated well before the festival in US. However, the celebration of the festival as it is seen today is not even 100 years old. Today, the festival of Mother's Day is celebrated across 46 countries on different dates, though, and is a hugely popular affair. Millions of people across the world take the day as an opportunity to honour their mothers, thank them for their efforts in giving them life, raising them and being their constant support and well-wisher. We wish all mothers a very happy day. Budget Attacks Workers Who are the tax winners? Small business gets a company tax cut from 1st of July this year from 28.5% to 27.5%. This tax cut will be expanded over the next four years to include companies with a turnover of less than $100 million and then in 2026 all companies, big and small, will get tax cut to 25%. On top of that, those individuals with income greater than $80,000 will get a tax cut. Currently, those earning between $80,000 and $180,000 pay $0.37 in the dollar on that income. The government will move the start of that rate from $80,000 to $87,000. It benefits the top 25% of income earners and for someone on $87,000, that benefit is about $6 a week. For someone earning below $80,000, there is no tax cut and no benefit. For someone earning $1 million, the benefit of the tax cuts, according to Labor's shadow treasurer, Chris Bowen, is over $20,000 a year or $400 a week. The budget repair levy of 2% on those earning more than $180,000 will disappear from 1st of July next year. Mr. Morrison claims the small business tax cuts will improve GDP by 1% over time. There is no evidence historically to support the argument that if we cut taxes on the rich and capital, this will produce higher wages and more jobs. In fact, by allowing business to pocket more of the wealth they exploit from workers, in the long term, reinforce the system of exploitation. Mr. Temple has again smashed Australia's health system. 
ripping another $2.1 billion out of health spending and keeping the GP tax in place for another two years. A measure that will drive down bulk billing and force patients to pay more. This comes on top of the $1.3 billion hike in the price of essential medicines by increasing prescription charges by $5 for general patients and $0.80 for healthcare cardholders. They have also cut $650 million out of Medicare by slashing bulk billing incentives for diagnostic imaging and pathology. They have abolished the Child Dental Benefit Scheme, ripping a net $1 billion out of Commonwealth dental spending. In total, Mr. Temple has ripped $4.2 billion from health in just eight months in office. This proves the Liberals only ever see health as a source of budget cuts and will always look to make healthcare less affordable for those who need it most. The Liberals are backed by the big corporations and will pump millions into every marginal seat so they can keep cutting benefits to the majority of Australians. All Australians should be able to access health care when and where they need it. Who are the losers in the budget? When we look at health and education spending, the 2014 Abbott Hockey budget cut over $80 billion planned expenditure from 2018 on health and education. The Turnbull government is returning a few billion and claiming this is a victory for health and education. Health and education will be massively underfunded under this government in the years to come. The government is also attacking welfare cheats. Most welfare overpayments are mistakes by government agencies or sometimes the client. The level of welfare cheating is insignificant in comparison to business cheating, that is, the banks, for example, and tax avoidance by business. Mr. Morrison announced changes to work for the doll, which will see many unemployed people work for potential employers for between 15 and 25 hours a week. These people will be paid in effect between 4 and $6 an hour. This is an indecent attempt to reduce unemployment numbers and to cut wages of those employed in the industry on award or similar wages, for example, on $20 an hour. This is called slave labour. The government's infrastructure. The extra $50 billion on submarines is going to produce about 3,000 jobs. The CSIRO will be co-partner in innovation. The same CSIRO sacking hundreds of climate change researchers. There will be $2 billion for dams. There will be $594 million for more preliminary work on the Melbourne to Brisbane Inland Railway. There is also an extra $23 billion for the states and territories for things like the Sydney and Melbourne Metro projects, light rail in Parramatta, regional road and rail freight corridors across New South Wales and Victoria, and flood mitigation works in the Northern Territory. 
The catch is that this extra funding is subject on the states and territories privatizing major assets. Mr. Temple has continued to make massive cuts to schools and hospitals, all while giving tax cuts to the rich and increasing the deficit since 2013. Mr. Temple's first budget cuts are abolished the Child Dental Benefits Scheme, ripping a net $1 billion out of the Commonwealth dental spending, ripping millions more out of health through cuts to Medicare items. These are on top of the mid-year budget review that cut $650 million out of Medicare by slashing bulk billing incentives for diagnostic imaging and pathology, gutted crucial health workforce training programs by 500 million, ripped another $146 million out of health prevention and e-health. The budget also continues to pursue two of Tony Abbott's 2014 budget measures. The $1.3 billion hike in the price of essential medicines by increasing prescription charges by $5 for general patients and $0.80 for healthcare cardholders. The $267 million attack on the Medicare safety nets. Climate change ignored. Perhaps the greatest challenge facing humanity is climate change. There is nothing in this budget to address in any systematic way climate change or to move to renewable energy. To sum up, winners in this budget are businesses with a turnover up to $10 million will pay a reduced company tax rate of 27.5%. Businesses with a turnover up to 100 million dollars to gradually receive 27.5% rate by 2020. All businesses to receive reduced company tax rate of 27.5% by 2024 and 25% by 2027. Unincorporated small businesses with a turnover less than $5 million get a tax discount of 8%. Businesses with a turnover up to $10 million receive 20000 instant asset write-off expiring in June 2017. People earning more than $80,000 receive a tax cut of up to $6 per week as the middle income tax threshold is increased. People earning up to $37,000 won't lose a tax rebate capped at $500 on their contributions. Losers in this budget are universities will still be hit with a 20% funding cut originally proposed as part of a fee deregulation package. People with super balances over $1.6 million can no longer roll all savings into retirement funds with tax-free earnings. People earning between $250,000 and $300,000 a year pay double the rate of tax on their super contributions. Transition to retirement pension account holders have tax loopholes tightened. Aged care providers to lose more than $1 billion in funding for complex health care over four years. 
There are tax cuts in this budget, but only for businesses and individuals earning more than $80,000 per year. Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, TTIP. These so-called free trade agreements are not trade agreements. The purpose of the partnerships, which were drafted by global corporations, is to make corporations immune to the laws of sovereign countries in which they do business. Any country's sovereign law, whether social, environmental, food safety, labour protections, any law or regulation that impacts a corporation's profit is labelled a restraint on trade. The partnerships permit corporations to file a suit that overturns the law and regulations and also awards the corporation damages paid by the taxpayers of the country that tried to protect its environment or the safety of its food and workers. The lawsuit is not heard in the courts of the country or in any court. It is heard in a corporate tribunal in which corporations serve as judge, jury and prosecutor. In other words, the partnerships give global corporations the power to overturn democracy. Allegedly, Europe consists of democracies. Democracies pass laws protecting the environment and the safety of food and labour. But these laws, democratically enacted, reduce profits. Anything less than a sweatshop with starvation wages, no environmental protection, no safety legislation for food or workers can be overturned at will by global corporations under the terms of the partnerships. Only a traitor, a well-paid one, could sign such a pact. The transatlantic and transpacific partnerships have been conducted in secrecy. The way it works is that the appointed U.S. trade representative negotiates with appointed trade representatives of other countries. Any resistance to the deal is overcome with bribes and intimidation. All of the negotiation is conducted in secrecy. When the trade representatives sign on to the deal, it is presented to the legislators of the countries. These trade pacts originate in the U.S. because American global corporations and the American mega banks are the largest players in the world's economy. And the agreements that the corporations walk through the process give the American companies economic domination over the countries that sign the agreements. The transatlantic and transpacific partnerships are tools of U.S. financial imperialism. Join us next week for a report on nuclear weapons and Australia's position on disarmament. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Alternative News, brought to you from the community radio station 3CR. I'm Romina Betsin. Looking forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.